This is episode 104 of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast. And we are back. Episode 104 of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast for, uh, what is this, Wednesday, March 4th of 2015. I am your host, Dan Skullcrusher, and joining me today, as usual, my co-hosts, Mike, from the Rafa Cycle Club in New York City and Gage in the Soto, and my dear brother, Klaus, from Alps and Andes. Um, Klaus, how are you doing, sir? I could be doing better because I ate uh, some guacamole from, like, a week ago, and it's not sitting very well on my stomach. Maybe I shouldn't have eaten it. Mike, how are you doing? I'm definitely doing better than Klaus, because I, I only eat guacamole that is minutes old. Same here. <laughs> Absolutely. You, you would eat guacamole that's hours old. Nope. I mean, I normally wouldn't, and I thought if I just put some lime juice, it would revive it. But instead, <laughs> I think it created a concoction that is not agreeing with me. And it's creating a potential volcanic explosion, but I will find out within the hour. Did we discuss my food poisoning in the pod in last episode? When was the last episode? I don't even remember. Three months ago? I was talking about throwing up, holding hands with my wife. Was that like on the podcast? I think so. I don't think I'm going to be to that extent. Uh, Famous last words. No, 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 no. Montezuma's revenge. No, it's just... The little, you know, you come back from a trip and you're like, look in the fridge and you go, I can eat that. Wasn't it black, the guacamole? No. Not Was it green? Put, if, you put green uh, if you put lemon juice on it and cover black. it and put it in the fridge, it remains green. It doesn't it oxidize. Was green enough. It was green enough that I wasn't scared. It just, it's, uh, you know. I wouldn't know because I've never seen guacamole older than six minutes old. Oh, my God. <laughs> or unless it's that, like, crazy stuff that you can buy in the supermarket that is, like, in a can or whatever. That looks- Mike, you sound like King Joffy Joffers. <laughs> like, I have never walked without roast. Right. I, I bring- don't know what that's like. I have people in the supermarket bring avocados past me, and I choose them as they go by. <laughs> that one, not that one. <laughs> From your suite at the Waldorf Astoria. <laughs> I knew it. I wonder how many times that movie has come up in our podcast. Quite a few. Many, many, many. Yeah, yeah. My top five movies of all time, definitely. All right. So, info at speedmetalcycling.com is the email address. And check out the. Um, what is the name of that thing that I do? Uh, name your name that cyclist project. Name of that cyclist.com, or you can go to speedmetalcycling.com and click on the name that cyclist project. Which BMC, by the way, the, the team. I saw that. Totally ripped off my idea, and now has <laughs> their writers pronouncing their names on their website. Wonderful. I saw that. I tweeted at them. I was like, "Hey, dudes, I want some financial compensation for you ripping me off," and they didn't reply at all. They probably haven't gotten around to it. They're probably talking to their lawyers and accountants. Considering that BMC sent uh, a writer contract to a person with the same name as that writer because of an autocomplete error, I don't think they have it very well together. 
Yeah, I mean, and I don't know if people understood the story that you just told, but they were going to send uh, a check to one of the writers. Let's say their name, their writer's name is Paul. Oh, it's a contract. contract. A contract. I'm sorry, a Paul Rodriguez, and they send it to a guy named Polly Rodriguez because when they started typing the name, it filled out the wrong address. So they sent it to somebody else who wasn't a writer in their team at all. So all I'm saying is. If my if they ever sign like a Michael Spriggs or something, Mike, get ready to get an offer in the mail from the team. <laughs> if you've ever communicated with anyone that had anything to do with BMC, which I believe you have, so there you I go. Have. Yeah, true. There you go. So Michael Spriggs is coming up, and uh, right now he's eighteen. Do you guys know what BMC stands for? Uh, very much cash. It's. Nope. Because uh, they were a mountain bike magazine uh, company, right? That's right. So I've looked into this before. I can't remember. Bike Mountain Company or something? No, it's it's better. What is it? <laughs> Bob's Bob's Mountain Company. Oh, I didn't know it was Bob's. I just knew they were a mountain bike company. <laughs> wow! So they bought it. Ridiculous. From Bob. Yeah, they bought it from Bob. Yeah. They bought it for Bob. They probably sent him the wrong email when they bought it. <laughs> Some <laughs> other guy named Bob is going. Man, this one came in. Like at a perfect time. I don't know how where it came from, but the check from Switzerland was awesome. It's funny that a company that prides themselves on being so Swiss and so like yeah. elegant design is called Bob's. <laughs> you know, like if you found out that like I don't know, I'm thinking of like a crazy Swiss company, like crazy Swiss watch company like Tissot I think it, to something. retaliate for them stealing your name, that cyclist idea, we should only refer to them as Bob's Mountain Company. <laughs> Even the <laughs> yes. team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Company yeah. team. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just like imagine if like Tag Heuer, it turns out that tag the tag stands for like Tutti Fruity All Go or something. <laughs> like, but see, even that, like Bob is such a like if I was trying to name a generic like American name, I go I had like a like Bob's Mountain Company. <laughs> well, wasn't there the discount carpet place by a place in Cincinnati called Bob's Discount? Carpet exactly. It's like you can't even make that up. I know. I know. Well, um, so cycling, fellas. There's been some stuff going on. It's rumbling. It's it's, it's awakening the it's monster. Finally, it's finally happening. We finally had the first quote unquote real season, uh, real race of the season. The Omlop. You're talking about the Tour of Oman. Yes, of course. I'm talking about the Omlop yes. Newsblad, and or is that the new name? Head Newsblad, yeah, that's the new yeah. one. Yeah. And then we had Kurne uh, Bruce's Kurne the day after that. We had the Vuelta Andalusia. And we have this uh, whole thing that is going on with Astana. So I don't know what you guys want to. Well, before we get started, actually, um, Klaus, how much uh, cycling have you seen? Did you, did you see the, or the Challenge of Mallorca? Did you see any of that? No, I watched uh, the reviews of Andalusia and then the two Belgian races. What about you, Mike? How much? Are, oh, you've seen it all, haven't you? I, I didn't see the Andalusia race except for the two like froomy Contador stages because I wasn't really paying attention up until then. Yeah, and then I was yeah. like, "Oh, this thing's super close." Well, it's actually interesting. Uh, I did. I I saw Andalusia spelled C I A and S I A a couple of times. And then automatically I thought, oh, these dumb Americans misspelling Andalusia, S-I-A. So I looked it up. I had no idea. Andalusia in English is spelled S-I-A. 
but in Spanish, CIA, just like Brazil, it could be spelled with I was about to say that, yeah. It's really interesting. Why would they decide, oh, in our language, we're going to change the spelling, but whatever. So I guess Andalusia with an S, as long as the tour of Andalusia is with an S, the Vuelta Andalusia is with a C. So anyway, uh, the challenge of Mallorca, I had made, I mean, this is like way back, way farther than that, um, and... I, I a lot of people don't seem to understand how the challenge of Mallorca works, but it's three races that are. Separate, I love it. That are separate from each other, but it, the the teams can put in or take out guys for any of the races. So it's kind of like a little bit of a tour, like a like a three day race, but it's also three individual one day races, which makes well, it's like a drive in an NFL team, and you just take the running back in and out or whatever. That's yeah. kind of cool. No, yeah, exactly. It's it's interesting. Um, well, but whatever. I mean, I, I actually, my, my notes were actually really lame. It says, um, well, there they attacked or something. I've had it with Valverde and his receding hairline. I, I still love him, dude. I don't care. Dude, he's never going to do anything in a grand tour. So what? So so that Nairo Quintana is just having to stand there and pretend like he's <laughs> a serious Grand Tour contender. But that doesn't matter, man. I still like Valverde. It doesn't matter. Plus, they're giving him the tour this year. Quintana is going to be there in the tour. And I'm going to tell you something. Quintana's not going to do anything in the tour. I'm sorry to tell you that. If he finishes top 10, I'll be surprised. I know it's sad, but I just I I, I think that... Froome and Contador are going to go, as Andalusia proved, are, are going to go, like, beat the crap out of each other and leave everybody else in their wake. I think so you're awesome. saying that the gap is going to be so much that Nairo Quintana is not even going to be in the top ten? No, I said I said he's going to be in the top ten, but I think they're going to go so hard, so hard, that only a very few amount of people are going to be able to hang on, and those people are going to be people with... Better teams, better time trialists, and it's, I, I mean, if you think about it, Vincenzo Nibali is probably going to be, well, actually, depending on what happens with Astana, but I, 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 I don't know. I just, I just don't see Nairo Quintana doing that well in the Tour de France, I'm telling you that right now. I'm going on. I don't know. I mean, I think podium. I don't think so. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I have a... Spidey senses? I have spidey senses. Who even knows who's going to be starting? Between now and then, anyone could get hurt. Who knows? And Contador is going for the double, right? That's what he's claiming, yep. So that could play into his form and, you know, whatever. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. You're right. I mean, we're... Let's talk about Andalusia since we're not even anywhere near close to the tour anyway. Um, it started with a, the, the like the first day there were two stages, stage A, 1A and 1B, which I still think that that's a great idea and it's awesome. Uh, there were two huge, huge crashes in the road stage that was before the short time trial, which kind of set the tone for the rest of the, of the race. Also, Nairo Quintana didn't come to Andalusia because I didn't realize that his crash during the Colombian National Championships had been that bad. Yeah, because the stupid idiots didn't put barriers at the finish. Um, Like, more than 100 meters out. He crashed during that crash. I thought he had crashed before. at the very end. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. So the Federation did good things, but you see what happens? Like, their golden child gets hurt because they don't even know how to put up barriers. I think they know how to, they just don't know when to. Yeah, between that and the fact that some races still use the barriers that have the feet sticking out, which I'm sure is what's available at, you know, Big Bob's Barrier <laughs> World, but, you know, just seems like an easy thing to fix. But like I said, I'm sure that's the off-the-shelf solution that's available yeah. at Big Bob's Turnkey Solution World. But, uh, yeah, it was it was kind of a bummer to see those two huge crashes in Andalusia in the first... In the first uh, I mean, and they were friggin' huge. I don't know if you saw them, Mike, but they were like... Towards the front, both of them towards the front of the peloton, and it on pretty big wide roads. It just stopped the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, it was like it's like ten dudes made it in the front, and that was it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, they were huge, huge crashes. So it was a little bit of a bummer that kind of started like that, but then um, I don't know, kind of went on from there. Oh, listen, I had some pretty good uh, notes here on on kits and stuff, and first reactions on kits. First of all. Uh, Coffee Dees is not wearing those yellow helmets anymore, and that's a true bummer because now they truly look like everybody else. And they're such a crappy team anyway that they had those yellow helmets. At least, like, you could spot them, like, easily. Now, nothing. Absolutely nothing. So I miss that. I also think that the Mountain Chewbacca kits are not as bad, like, on TV while being ridden, while being worn, than I thought it was going to be. They looked a lot better than I thought they were going to look. Um, oh, also, it's interesting that the Coffee Dees is not wearing the yellow helmets anymore, but their new Orbea bikes have yellow highlights on them. So I'm like... Oh, they're on Orbeas. I don't think yeah. I... Yeah. Um, the other kit that I thought looked really nice is um, that Dutch team, Rompot. Or Romput or whatever. Yeah. That looks really, really nice though. That's like, a funny name. Orange with black. Yeah. That's another vacation company, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, like how back on Soleil was. Yeah. And then the FDJ kit also looked really nice while being yes. there. Good job. Very, very nice. So Mike, you 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 brought up those uh Contador Froom stages. The first one where Froom kinda cracked and the second one where Contador cracked. Yeah. The whole time I was thinking, like, man, if Quintana was here, then right. it would be a good change. Uh, that then he would be awesome. Yep. But I at agree. the same time, though, it was still pretty good, though. Regardless, um, interesting to note that the last guy standing for Saxo Tinkoff, the guy, the last guy that basically like helped Contador all the way up on that first of those two stages, was Ivan Basso. Yeah. Like Ivan Basso remained the the the, the last guy. I thought. You know, maybe maybe Bian Reese knows what he's doing after all. I just I thought it would be a terrible idea to sign Ivan Basso. But. So I think Ivan Basso, for his age, is in better form than I thought he'd be. So he's they're getting their money's worth, and I think if he's able to continue that, he'll be a super valuable guy. Except that Bjorn Reese is probably going to be out of the sport, and then Oleg Tinkoff might just like call off the team and go home anyway. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't like, know. Van Basso's like, oh, I could be really good at this. Wait, where are you guys going? 
Because seriously, Bjorn Reese is going to be out, it looks like. Because of what? Because he's going to get kicked out because he'll be banned for, by the Danish Federation for the investigation they're doing on him. Ah, I didn't know about that. Yeah. It's, it's possible that that will happen. I don't know. I don't know what the status of that is. Hmm. But that's why, you know, he sold the team because he knew that he might be out. Yeah, and he, he sold it to a really honest dude. Right, who may just want to take a, his ball and go home anyway. With a clean reputation. Yeah, yeah, of course. But then the next stage, though, when, when it was like Froome's turn, the last person that worked for Froome was Mikel Nieve. Yeah. And I really thought Mikel Nieve was going to get that stage because it was like the longest last kilometer in history. Yeah, he went ever. for it. He went for it, and it looked like Froome was kind of like, yeah, just go ahead and go for it. And Mikel Nieve just exploded with like 200 meters to go. <laughs> I felt so bad for him. But man, what's amazing about when people blow up in a climb like that, it is crazy how 200, 300 meters or whatever, when you blow up, oh, it's you... Like they lose like 45 seconds. It's I... like... Yeah, no, it looks like I, when commentators say it looks like they're going backwards, it really does look like they're going backwards. It's yeah. crazy. It's absolutely insane. But um, so Team Colombia, still no results. And we've said this before. The problem with Team Colombia is that they have their budget for the year is decided year by year by the Colombian government. And I think the Colombian government is growing very impatient with them not really getting any results or any important results. And I thought maybe in Andalusia they would. And I saw a couple of jerseys here and there. But, yeah, no cigar still, so still a little worried about them. Um, and then Juanjo Lobato winning two stages and then celebrating both stages. That The phone call. The phone call from, yep. yeah, that, that, that Cavendish did when he was writing for uh, HTC. So I, I was like, I, that's not very original. It's not. That's what I thought when I saw it. But did you did, did you watch it on Eurosport? But he also did a kind of like he shrugged his shoulders, like "What are you going to do? I have to do this phone call thing." Yeah, I know. The second <laughs> the second time he shrugged his shoulders, yeah. like because he won that sprint by like four blocks. It was true, ridiculous. True. But the commentators on Eurosport didn't seem to know what the celebration was. Not only did they not get it, Movistar is a phone company. But I don't think that they remembered that Cavendish had done it in like 2008 or 2009 or whenever he did it. So I feel But like would it be more realistic uh, as to the actual use that people have for uh, mobile phones if he pretended to text or if he just sat there like watching a YouTube video? I think I would agree with you. I think they're grabbing his, uh, f- like his phone and pretend he's like liking photos on Instagram. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more. Yeah, I mean... Or what if he was uh, swiping like he was on Tinder? <laughs> that would be good, just swiping on Tinder. <laughs> yeah. I you just guys think, should, like, You guys should contact him on Twitter and get him to do that. Yeah. I should. I, I think I, that would be awesome. I mean, I, I, I'm still waiting to see how he's going to hold up against real sprinters, but he won both of these stages very, very, very easily over some pretty decent... Um, competition, including John Degenkolb and stuff. So good for Juan Lobato. I'm glad that he's doing well. And, and, and there is a lot of like Spanish 
there has been a lot of Spanish sprinters in the past as well, but they all seem to be a little bit less than than the best, so maybe this guy can actually step up to the next level and so oh uh, I just saw in my notes here on the notebook that my dog ate that the last stage in the Tour of Oman got cancelled. <laughs> I didn't yeah. watch any of this. Because there was too the much... tires blew up. That was good times. Well, <laughs> first there was, there was a sandstorm. Sand? What the hell is this? There was a sandstorm. What is what is cycling come to? <laughs> the tour of a man might as well be in a planet from a Star Wars movie. <laughs> it might it's as well change. be. It might as well be cyclocross. It's just a circus. There's there's a sandstorm. We have to cancel races because there's ten punctures like before this the start of the stage. What? And, and Merckx came down. Merckx, you know, Merckx is the director of this race. Of he course. came down and he said, they were all hiding under a bridge. And he was like, you guys have to race the race. You have to do it. And they're like, we're not, Cancelar was like, we're not doing it. We refuse. And he's like, you guys fucking kidding me? Wow. See, now, he, this is interesting. So there's, here's Eddie Merckx, right? The cannibal. This guy that is supposed to be tougher than hell. And tougher than nails, and he comes out and goes, "Hey, you guys are a bunch of pussies." Back in my day, oh wait, back in my day, we didn't race as long as we did. The season was way shorter. Uh, back in the day, you could get away with doing crazy amounts of amphetamines. Back in the day, you didn't race in 120 degree temperature in sandstorms. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, back in the Eddie day, Marks. he wasn't part owner of a race. <laughs> Yeah. That if it didn't finish, it would look bad on him. Yeah. Back in the day, the other thing. If that race stopped happening because the Qatari government was like, this is crap. We hate the fact that the race didn't finish. This is a joke. Who do you think would cry more? Cancellara or Merckx? Oh, well, Eddie Merckx because the checks would stop flowing, of course. He's a yeah, Cancellara would just be like, I'll just go somewhere else. I don't know. I just think that it's funny that Eddie Merckx and Bernardino, both of them, who used to have the reputation for being like these tough guys or whatever, are... Nowadays, just basically business guys that are like, you know, handing like, stuffed animals over. Yeah, and I mean they're basically, you know, like they're 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 for rent. You know, you can like just rent either of them for your race, and you'll give them a little bit of panache to your race. That's I just love that Bernardino is forced to wear like pleated khakis. I don't think that he he he's forced to wear pleated khakis. I think the khakis, yeah, but I think he picks the pleated ones himself. His wife should really tell him. No, he's still. I mean, I, I'll take. I mean, of course, I think that as a as a, as a as a cyclist, I would take Eddie Merckx over Bernardino. But today, I would probably take Ino over Merckx, just because Ino is still like bitter and angry and stuff. Whereas Eddie Merckx is now like jolly, and you know what I mean. I would take anyone in pleated khakis. <laughs> Anyway, I just think it's ridiculous that the Tour of Oman had to cancel a stage because of a sandstorm that caused a lot the of tires fun. were blowing up. No, I, I the, the fact that that, that that's even uh, that it could even happen. I'm not even saying the, that they had to cancel the stage is funny. The fact that it happened, it's like oh, we're gonna have the Tour of Antarctica that is gonna have to be canceled because the the race is three miles underwater and the bikes can't. Like, what the hell are you talking about? You can't have. It's the exact same thing with the World Cup being like crazy desert time. Like, oh, the, all the games are going to have to be played at night because otherwise the and cleats are yeah, the cleats are going to melt onto the – what the hell? Don't have <laughs> games in crazy – like, oh, we're going to have the World Cup in the moon. Oh, we're going to have a race in the moon. So we're going to have to do is 
like fly all the bikes there ahead of time. Like, what the hell are you talking about? It if does, it's not, I guess to Mike's point that you know, Mike, your com- your complaint or rather insight that cyclocross feels a little bit like putt putt. This does sound a little bit like putt putt. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty ridiculous. It's pretty stupid, and another reason why all these like stupid races are just insanity just ridiculous well you know the picture of eddie Merckx arguing with them and there's a guy holding a tire that like blew off a rim <laughs> all i could see was eddie Merckx. yeah it's saying like back in my day we used to walk to school uphill both ways right because i think they would go yeah we didn't stop perry roubaix when it rained we got flat tires on the cobbles you guys have to man up and they're like, one of the guys was like, it's also 130 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> yeah. You never race at 150 degrees during the month of February, all right? In February, you were still drinking beer and, like, doing coke with your friends. Like, it's not – Oh, there was no coke back then. Did oh, you I'm see that, Klaus, is that the picture where he's – where Pizzato is, like, got his hand on his hip like full Beyonce? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He has a he has major tood. Yeah, that's oh, the best. Uh, oh, listen, uh, I know that we're jumping all over the place, but uh, so remember how like last episode I said that I wasn't gonna do uh, any more show notes because I hate doing right. show notes and nobody was, yeah. <laughs> dude. I mean, I'm not gonna say it was a flood of emails and tweets, <laughs> but it was enough to make me go shit. Now I have to do them again. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, that reminds me. Last episode, you said you were, it was going to be sober February. How no, did that go? I did not say sober February. I said f- sober January, which I failed at. Oh, <laughs> I, I I I think I made it nine days in sober February. No, I mean sober January. Yeah, yeah, I I think it was eight or nine days. But then February, forget it. It's it's Valentine's Day, so you know that's a drinker. Mm. You just got to get drunk. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you this though, it is the third of March now and I Oh no, never mind. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't had a single drink on in the month the month of March yet. Oh, wow. <laughs> I got some yingling downstairs. I'm going to fix that right as soon as we're done taping. Uh no, so I was thinking did, by, the, by the way, did your dog slam the door earlier? No. Okay. No, he doesn't. It sounded like your dog like left the room and off and slammed the door. No, he doesn't open nor close doors, which is really good because you can just leave a door ajar and he won't get into the room. The moment he develops an opposable thumb, though. <laughs> oh yeah, the moment he grows a brain that is bigger than like a walnut. I I mean, the best thing about dogs is they're really dumb, and the worst thing about dogs is they're very dumb. <laughs> I love it. I love my dog, and I love having dogs, and I absolutely love dogs. But sometimes you're just like, Jesus, dude, stop being an idiot. I've I've told you this a million times. Why don't you listen? (laughs) Anyway, so I was proposing. I was thinking about proposing this to you, Mike. Yeah. Since your show notes were so uh, successful last episode, maybe you can start making the show notes until I figure out a way to do them quickly and rather nicely on my website. Okay. Okay? Awesome. I will do that. That's awesome. So you, you heard it here first. Gageandesoto.com slash leave me the fuck alone. Mike, you gave yourself homework. No, but it should be really I quickly. I just, it's easy. 
Yeah, it is it's easy. You. I just I'm trying to figure out in order for me to do them quickly from now on, I am going to re- like have to rethink the way that the website is laid out because I got a couple of messages that said the problem is that accessing the the show notes now it's more difficult than it used to be. And I look yeah. at the navigation of the site, it is a little confusing and stuff. So I'm trying to figure that out. So until I do that, then they'll be on Gage the, or GageDesoto.com rather. All right. So the first I think thing, I have Gage and DeSoto as well. Oh, okay. Well, either but, way. Yeah. But uh, the first thing that needs to go on there is the People Pozzato Tude picture. Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. The only thing that that picture is missing is like some crazy Arab dude in the background with a machine <laughs> gun. <laughs> With a briefcase full of money. <laughs> there you go. Like, your... Remember this? Remember <laughs> the money that we talked about? A Bugatti Veyron parked in the background <laughs> with some crazy Arabs. They're like coming out of it and they're drinking like out of these huge mugs and they're drinking oil. <laughs> That's what the photo is missing. Uh, short of that, though, is perfect. Um, and one dude, one dude has a falcon on his. On yes, yeah, of course. Of course. And then the I other believe- one. And the uh, other one has has two hyenas on gold chains, like two hyenas like dogs, but like their their chains, like their leashes are chains made out of gold. Cancellara is back to dyeing his hair, like blonde, you know? like he used to back in the Mapei days. Yeah, like kind of a oh, yellowy, really? girly. I, I don't something. Get out! He's doing the in sync again. I don't know, like, I would say, like, a girl in the eighth grade who sits out in the sun with, like, some beach hairspray, like, to make it lighter, but it just goes kind of reddish. Yeah, like, like he used to, uh, back in, like, the Fasa Bortolo game days, when he was in Fasa Bortolo. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? That's crazy. You'll see, it's actually in that picture where Potato's giving the toot. Oh, dude, that's going to be the perfect picture. That's awesome. I'm you. Okay, so let's move on to the. I'm gonna much... start writing this down. Yes, uh, it's gonna be uh, the, the the much better than Andalusia and the Tour of Oman was finally the Omlop head uh, newsblad. But here's here's the story that I gotta tell you. So, my friend texted me at some point during the week. Hey, dude, what are you doing for the Omlop? You know, first race of the season. I was like, I don't have any plans. So we planned a Belgian breakfast with like Belgian waffles and some Belgian beer maybe or whatever. Do you want me to bring anything? Yeah, bring some toppings for the waffles. Awesome, whatever. So I wake up on Saturday and I'm still yawning and stuff and we're thinking about who's going to walk the dog first. And then the doorbell rings and I'm like, oh, it's going to be some religious people trying to sell me a Bible or something. And no, it's my friend. I forgot the omelop was Saturday and not Sunday. <laughs> so everything ended up working out just fine. I mean, you know, we watched the race and the wife made her delicious waffles while we while we watched it. But it was pretty funny that I thought. And then it reminded me of the time that I was in Bogota. And when I was flying back, I gave the lady, you know, I went to check in. And the lady was like, oh, no, you're... you're um, Reservation has been canceled. And I was like, what? Why? Well, you never flew to Bogota. And I was like, uh, where are we right now again? She was like, the airport in Bogota. So how the hell can you say that I didn't fly to Bogota if I'm here? I didn't just like appear. I didn't swim. Like, I'm here. I flew here. What are you talking about? Well, no, it says here you never flew to Bogota. So the cancel the, the, the reservation got canceled. 
So I ended up not even being able to fly out for another couple of days because there was no room in the flight, whatever. When I came back, I realized what had happened was I showed up to the airport a day early <laughs> on my way out. And these idiots were like, yeah, come on in, fly, whatever, who cares? So, of course, the day after, I never showed up because I was already in Bogota. Oh, man. So, anyway, it reminded me of that. I'm not very good at days and dates and stuff, but whatever. Well, I think that it's kind of amazing that they let you fly. I agree. Yeah. And this was post 9-11. Which, oh, so speaking of differences between uh, Colombia and other countries. Did we, were we talking about that? Well, I think, <laughs> I guess I am. because It was implied. Because I don't think that could happen anywhere else. No, I, it happened in New York, JFK. Oh, JFK. Oh, JFK. Oh, that's I, I was flying. You're flying within Colombia. No, that's I was insane. flying out of JFK on the wrong day, and they allowed me to jump in a plane. Who cares? Come on in, dude. Wow. What the hell? It was Delta Airlines. <laughs> that's insane. See, yeah. I was trying to wrap it up nicely to something a difference between Colombia and the United States, but well, now my whole we must argument. Also say, is though, we must also say JFK is barely America. I don't it's, think. Yeah. I think it maybe three percent. Three percent of the employees in JFK speak proper English. So, <laughs> well, it's not about that. It's just it's a crazy place. But yeah. no. So now this makes no sense. But let me just tell you that Carlos Betancourt had a baby, and the baby's already rocking like crazy gold jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome! Wow. That yeah. Is awesome. Hey, I, I also, completely uncycling related, but now that you say Carlos Betancourt, I was in a photo shoot in Florida for about a week, like a couple of days ago, I got back or whatever. And one of the models that I was shooting, his name, Carlos Betancourt. Oh, spelled the same way? Uh, yes, spelled the exact same way. That's crazy. I wonder if his baby will wear big gold jewelry, like maybe he run DMC. Maybe this is, is Carlos Betancourt's baby also uh, out of shape. <laughs> He's also fat. Oh, sorry. I couldn't resist. So, actually, it's funny you is, say is that. Is Carlos Betancourt's so, baby also going to take, like, a huge, beautiful shit, but then never shit nicely again? <laughs> Carlos Betancourt was 20 or 22 minutes down at the national championships. Yes. The following week, there was an unusual amount of pictures making it onto the Colombian media and on Twitter and stuff and videos of him training hard with like every pro and like pictures of him, quote unquote, attacking during, uh, you know, training and uh, Rigoberto Uran put up pictures of that. And I'm like, it seemed to me like it was either conscious or unconsciously being like, dude, you're working hard. And please, AG2R, don't cut him from the team already. <laughs> it was just an unusual amount of, like, he's working so hard. Well, I just think it's awesome that he's going to go and defend the Pyrenees title looking like a potato. But he won Pyrenees looking like a potato, so... Mm, true. True. Yeah. So, oh, and did you see that... Um, so I, I think it's really funny that when Chris Horner went to Lamprey, he told him that he wouldn't be doing any quote-unquote, like, padunk races. I think that's the word he used in English. And now his uh, schedule... Oh, that's all he does. 
Now it's all he does. He won't be doing California. And the well, first race to the gate is the Vuelta Mexico, which just got canceled. I know, just- which is a bummer that it got canceled. But uh, he was basically he he races for Podunk Racing. And yeah. the first the race tour, he's the doing, the Tour de Podunk is coming up. Tour For real, like, not that maybe between the three of us, we don't follow domestic U.S. cycling a ton, but I think I know enough that I, I'm surprised. I had never heard of that team. I know I they think, weren't, they were even lower, you know, they weren't pro-continental, but I really had never heard of them. Yeah, no, me neither. Neither had Chris Horner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And he wants to race next year. Hey, listen, uh, Rivalin is still doing it in Poland, so you, know, you can definitely continue to do it if you want. Yeah, maybe Chris so Horner is like a Benjamin Button type character. <laughs> well, did you, did you read the story that they did in Velo magazine about him, where they basically outlined everything and finally? At least it was the most cohesive account of when him chasing down Hincapi at the Tour de France in the last stage. Oh, I forgot about that. I forgot that had happened. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a very clear, like, account of it. And Jonathan Botter's calling it just nice old school omerta. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Mike, that noise you just made was the most, like, honest portrayal of Chris Horner's career ever. <laughs> It was just like a very low, real grumble. Like, Arr. how do you spell that? WTF. That's how you spell it. Uh. Um, listen, though, back to the Omlop. Because uh, I want to get through that. I want to get through Kurne, Blues is Kurne. And then, and then I want to talk about the Astana thing. But uh, how- Are you saying Astana? Yes. God, you sound like Carlton Kirby. Because. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. Because it is actually Astana. I know. I know. Okay. Okay, never. Mind. But I have to listen to it all day. Oh, it's better to it's sound just... like Carlton Kirby than dance like Carlton. Oh, do the Carlton, Carlton Kirby busted out a uh, I can't remember what race it was. It was one of the races we were talking about and uh he said it, the dude looked like he was smuggling frozen chickens in his jersey. Yes. And I was like it's going to be a, it's going to be a long season. <laughs> wow. Now, you, when you hear when you hear Carlton Kirby don't you want? Don't you think Carlton Kirby Puckett? Because I do. <laughs> <laughs> no. So here's here's. I think I know the answer to this, and I know we're never super duper thrilled with any commentator. No. If but, we don't do the comment, like if if it's not the three of us, nobody's gonna be good enough. But smuggling frozen chickens, that's kind of fun, I guess. Okay. So uh, Phil and Paul, right? clueless they were in on the joke a little too long and tried to you know keep up appearances way too long and all of that but will they ever turn the corner and become um harry carey harry carey like will they ever get old and senile like at what point are you kind of endearing and funny wait i'm sorry (laughs) define old and senile because i'm pretty sure that phil is already there yeah but i guess uh Harry Carey was more entertaining then. Well, he, that's because point. that's because he was a little bit older. I mean, just give Phil a couple more years. He's already senile. And, and he's like, pretty smuggling, disconnected. Smuggling frozen chickens, to me, is pretty funny and endearing. But it's surprisingly close to 
Paul's putting the cat amongst the amongst the pigeons. But that's not an actual <laughs> saying, though. The cat amongst the pigeons is an actual. People actually say that. I mean, yeah, but people over the age of sixty thousand times per race, it gets old. Everything that they say gets old. Everything. I guess if he started old. talking about the frozen chickens a lot, it would get old. Yeah. Hey, listen, we talk about knee herpes and just about a whole bunch of other things, like over and over and over again. So, I mean, if we were doing commentary for a for a for us for a race, we would probably bring up knee herpes like five or six times per stage, as everyone yeah. should. Yeah, I yeah. agree. It'd be in our contract. Absolutely, we would yeah. get paid every time we bring up knee herpes. Uh, anyway. Back to the own love. Dude, how awesome and how amazing was that finish? It was a great race. Coconuts. Straight up. Absolutely yeah. coconuts. Absolutely coconuts. So I was watching it and I was thinking, all right, so you have Vandenberg, you have Nikki Terpstra, you have Tom Bonin, right? And you have Ian Standard. So if you're ethics, you have three options and, or three guys and you have a multitude of options of how to just destroy Ian Stannard. The first thing that you should do is knowing that Vandenberg is the strongest of all of them long, like for, for the long thing, right? So he's not going to be the guy that is going to beat you in the sprint. He's not going to be the guy that is going to like take off 5K to go. This guy can go long if at all. His only chance of winning is to go long, right? So send him out first. Ian Stanner is going to have to chase him down, right? As soon as he catches him, send him again. As soon as he catches him, send him again, right? After that, Vandenberg is done. All right, now we're really close to the finish. Now Nikki Terpstra is really, this is his race at this point. Send Terpstra three or four times, do the same thing. Have Ian Stanner continue to chase him. If he continues to do it, by then he's absolutely dead. Tom Bonin can take him in a sprint easy. I mean, that's me. I've never raced in my life. I've just been watching racing my whole life. This is as simple a strategy, I think. As It's not even a matter of like, well, there's these two guys that are kind of the same thing in uh, Omega Pharma Quick Step, whatever. This was one, two, and three. As This is like textbook. How do they not do this? How do they mess this up? And how does Tom Bonin attack out of the first, like, how is he the first one to attack? He's the only one that should not have attacked. I think they got cocky when they saw the numbers and had yeah. not pay flashbacks. Yep, that's what, I, that's what we were saying in the club. We were all watching and we were like, this is going to be in one of those embarrassing podiums because this is just, like, not fair. Yeah. Unless you get weirdly cocky and you go, oh, whatever. What we do is we just attack him and he'll just fade because, of course. Yeah. But, yeah, the order was wrong. You're ridiculous. How can you have Tom Bowden attack first? Where are these people? Always have the sprinter attack. How is this even normal? I, I could not believe it. I could not believe it. It made for a ridiculously, preposterously awesome ending. Although I'm not a big Ian Stannard fan at all. But, dude, I love that he smiled at the end. He was like, how the hell did I just win this? This is like, how did they, how did they fuck this up? They just handed me the race. These idiots. He was swiping on Tinder the whole way in. The whole way in. <laughs> oh, my God. I think he started swiping on Tinder first because he thought, well, I'm going to need something to do tonight because I'm not going to win this. So he started with the swiping with Tinder because of that. 
And yeah, he was just thinking he was going to have to kill time while he cried. Exactly. Well, I, I listen, if he would have finished second, third, or fourth, and I'm Ian Stanner, I would have been like, well, dude, there's only so much I can do. I mean, this team was incredibly strong. There's nothing he could have done. But oh, he yeah, won and, the race! Yeah, in home soil, I think he, they would have been like, hey, man, you know, you, did, you had a good race. What are you going to do? What could you do? Win? <laughs> You can't. Do you guys know? Do you guys know how old Ian Stannard is? Uh, he oh. looks like he's forty-seven. Yeah, he's twenty-seven. Oh, oh, Jesus! He makes me feel guilty about my full hair. He's I like a British Quintana. Wow. He looks like he's fifty years old. Yeah, I. You know who he looks like, and you guys probably won't know who this is, but I think that especially people in England will definitely know who this is. Casey Keller. That's who Ian Stannard reminds me of in his ball The goalie? Games. Yeah, yeah, Casey Keller, who was the goalkeeper for the national for the U.S. national team, but he played in England pretty much. For American game. audiences, we can just say Casey Kasem. <laughs> Casey Kasem <laughs> had a full set of hair, though. Similar, yeah. But Casey Kasem's been dead for like 10 months, and he still hasn't been buried or something, so it works both ways. <laughs> no, it doesn't work at all. That being said, though, it is ridiculous how old he looks. It is insane how old he looks. When you have a race like that and you have to beat a Belgian team, you age like, you know how people yeah. say Paris Roubaix takes a year off your life? Winning a race against three He's guys. 47 in um, loop years. Yeah. <laughs> years. I just, I just, you know, my first reaction was, oh my God, I do not want to be in that hotel tonight. And then I was like, holy shit, I want to be in that hotel tonight. I would love. To be there and just hear. I mean, if you're one of the teammates, you'd probably be like laughing your ass off. If you're Seb Van Mark. I was just going to say, Seb Van Mark was like, you guys know I was right there. I was right <laughs> behind you. And that's just the thing that people are saying, like, it was Seb Van Mark's fault, basically. The reason that they lost the race is because Seb Van Mark. Mm. Seb Van Mark was like very, very close with his group. It was Van Mark, uh, somebody else, and Greg Steve Van Avermaet. Oh, Banavermat and, and Stibar. So, Stibar wasn't helping at all. And I think that that's true, too. Like, after Lefebvre was probably done yelling at these three clowns, Stibar was probably like, you idiots! I didn't help these morons convinced that you guys were going to be able to get it done. If I would have known that you guys were such idiots and you're going to fuck it up so bad, I would have helped set my mark. I would have gotten up there. I would have beaten the shit out of all three of you guys. And then I would have won the race. Insane. And I thought that one time that Gilbert beat the two Schlecks was funny. Oh, no. This is way funnier. Yeah. E- except for the fact that I was actually, like, rooting for Gilbert that time. Now I was actually rooting for Bonin to win. But whichever way, Seven Gilbert Mar- had two awesome flyers in both of these – in both uh- – Yes. Um, ben Kern, two awesome yeah. flyers where he was just like, oh, you f- oh, fuck. Dude, this one in, in, in the omelet was – I felt really bad for him because he was like almost catching up to the yeah. group of three that we were just talking about. And he just didn't make it. And it just like – it's just so sad. It's funny when you see it like they show you the gap and it's like 18 seconds, 25 seconds, 35 <laughs> seconds, 45 seconds. And they just don't show it anymore. You're like, oh. <laughs> but anyway, that group with Seven Mark, which he was the one basically driving that group continued to be pretty close to the group of four up front. So they had to keep going and, and, and working, which now they're using as an excuse, like, well, we had to work so hard because if we didn't, then Seb Van Mark would have caught up with us, whatever. Okay, there's two points there. Point number one, get Vandenberg to work his ass off 
to keep the gap big and then just burn him, which you should have done, but you didn't. Number two, let them catch you. You'll still be way ahead because you have four of your teammates there, four of which are all very, 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 very strong. Yeah. It was just, it, I just, I just cannot understand what happened in that race. And I don't think this is ever going to, I'm never going to forget this. I'm, I'm always going to remember this and I'm just never going to forgive them for doing this. And I have a feeling other people won't either. Like the whole country of Belgium. And I think anyone that ever raced for MAPE. Yeah, exactly. Like, dude, we used to do this like every other week. Yeah. No, keep in mind that I work in Team Skyland. Too. Ooh, like shoot. we, I'm never gonna hear the end. We had the day off the next day. Yeah, get closed. out! National holiday. Close the store. The company was closed. Stop making jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Because not only is it a, it's of particular significance. Anything that happens in the spring for Team Sky is big, big news. Even though he won the race last year too, but the springs right. have just been a tough one to crack for Sky. This is, like when, this is like when Colombia beat Argentina 5 to nothing in Buenos Aires. You still hear about it. You still hear about it. Why? Because it was Colombia, the little team that couldn't, beat Argentina, the biggest team at the time, at home 5 nothing. That's what happened. And Maradona was at the game, and he stood up and clapped for the Colombian national team. Little known fact, Eddie Merckx was at a race, and he was clapping for Ian Standard. <laughs> the king of Belgium the king of Belgium actually nobody saw this but the king of Belgium went and hugged Ian Stannard king, no you got it wrong Ian what? Stannard is the new king of Belgium <laughs> that's right actually that's, that's what happens the that's king of you, Belgium yeah. the king of Belgium gave him his crown yeah and now Merckx is in exile in Oman <laughs> living under a bridge that bridge they stopped <laughs> How everything goes full circle, you see. The poor guy. Oh, my goodness gracious. So then, of course, that was Saturday. So then Sunday, Ethics Quickstep is like, you have to win. You cannot mess this up. Because then, really, for real, the, the the king of Belgium would throw them all in the calabozo. What do you call those things? The In the dungeons. Yeah, where the... Yeah, like in Star Wars, where the thing is down there. The Rancor? Yeah. Oh, I was thinking of the Pit of Sarlacc. But yeah, I guess the Rancor. But anyway, yeah. But you know who the real king of Belgium is? Uh, George Axel Lucas. Marx. Axel Marx? He's really tall. He he drives an Aston Martin in Belgium. Is that? I saw it with my own two peepers. But dude, Aston Martins are kind of crappy. I know that British people think they're the best, but they're kind of crappy cars. They're but I mean, they're expensive. Price. How can he afford that? Because well, I think I have an inkling, but... Yeah. So, anyway, whatever. So, in Kurne Bruce's Kurne, then they have to win. They just absolute, they just, they must. And then, <laughs> at some point, there's like a break in the, in the, in the peloton, and Cav has to bridge the gap, and he gets to the second group, and he just looks dead tired. And then the whole thing comes back together again, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, you just burned your sprinter. <laughs> this yeah. guy, these idiots. Are oh, that's got to be heartbreaking. Oh, dude, I seriously thought that was it. 
when they if showed Cav, Cav, if Cav didn't like, win that race, what would he have said about his teammates? Because I didn't see a hell of a lot of his teammates around at that. I don't know. He didn't get a proper lead out even. No, no, he didn't no, get no, any no. Lead there was out. no lead out. But I don't think that was the that was the plan anyway. And Cavendish, I mean, as much shit as I give him, he is uh, he is very very good about always thanking his team and stuff. He's a right. very honest guy, and 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 if the team didn't work for him and stuff, he'll be he'll say it. But he did thank the team, though. I mean, he said that they did a lot of work for him, and they they, they seem to be working. I just don't know exactly what the strategy was. But again, I've never <laughs> raced, so I don't know. I I have no idea about strategy. We're working for Ian Standard again. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. They were like, Standard, you can do this too. <laughs> Come on, dude. Two days in a row. Because now, like, cause now minute, Ian Standard is the king of Belgium, so they had to work for it. They them. had to. Yeah, they had yeah. to. So anyway, I was. Uh, it, was it was a relief to see that uh, Mark Cavendish won it. It was, it was a good race. Definitely not as interesting as the Saturday, Saturday's race. But, uh, but yeah, it was really interesting. I enjoyed. I don't know how Kristoff even came close when those guys were on the front the entire the race. Entire race, I know. That was crazy. Man, Kristoff, that dude has some serious, serious, serious thighs. Yeah, he's a big guy. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, he definitely is. Um, so, any other comments on either of those races from you guys? No. Klaus, anything else you want to say? Me. Just needless to say that Cavendish saved the day and probably got uh, used Aston Martin as a thank you gift from the Belgian. Is there a Belgian car company? No. Why do you think the country of Belgium gives somebody like Cavendish for saving them? An original Tintin sketch. <laughs> oh, he got a don. He got a donkey. He got a don- stuffed donkey. <laughs> No, 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 Klaus. You know what I'm thinking, though? Tintin or Tong is from Wallonia, not from Flanders. Then. An obelisk uh, and asterisk? Oh, no, that's I from France. That's Eddie Merckx's house. Eddie Merckx's house. It's <laughs> just sitting there. No, and- he gets Tom Bonin's wife. <laughs> Tom Bonin looks weird with a shaved head. Is it because I'm not used to it? It just looks odd. No. It accentuates his Vulcan ears. Yeah, the ears are weird, huh? Yeah, right. But mm-hmm. I do like the beard. There's it's a lot like of beards the, in the Peloton. Yeah, full beard. Wiggins full is. Beard. Oh, I have a question. But um, when Stephen Colbert shaved his head, I realized that he has a one weird wonky ear, and I was never, never, never able to see him the same way. Um, so I have a question, and I'm sure I could figure this out by reading somewhere. But so Wiggins is going to this team. Who is going to be in Wiggins' team? Shouldn't he have already signed people? Like, are there people that are already committed to the Wiggins' team? No, they're uh, all, like, uh, under they're like 23. Development team. Yeah, they're, it's a developmental team. It's like a toy team. It doesn't really exist. So, I mean, so it's a continental team. Not I, pro- I don't even think it's going to be continental. I think it's just a developmental team. So, is he going to be doing anything aside other than preparing for the track like is he doing any little tiny races because then if he's racing with a team he's going to be racing against like 20 year olds i don't think he's racing no 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 he's not racing in the team he's just gonna be sitting in the car looking good yeah yeah okay i thought maybe in the the jaguar in the jaguar oh so he's gonna be in the jaguar Yeah, yeah 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 okay i thought maybe he'd be racing a little bit no 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 there will be no racing okay uh, could, maybe he'll be like like in baseball where the coach is forced to wear the same outfit as the athletes. He, they're not forced to, but yeah, it's actually going to be the case. 
Wiggins is going to be in the car as the team director wearing, wearing, cycling wearing shoes? a full kit. Right. Yeah, in full kit. Oh yeah. my god! And, which is going to be very dangerous. As Carbon you know. fiber soles and cleats. When he's a... driving, yeah, driving a Jaguar when with cleats is not a very it's not very safe. Is the team really sponsored by Jaguar? No, I don't even know. It's got to be. Yeah, probably. Or Aston Martin. Well, what, why are we sponsored by Jaguar? Because That's we the, make too much fun of the Brits. <laughs> Isn't the cycling podcast brought to you by oh, Jaguar? Oh, right. Right. Oh, are they Jaguar? Yeah, no, that's true. Jaguar. Oh, shit. Yeah. I think if I could pick any sponsor from England, I'll take Land Rover. Yes. Those are cool cars, man. I get would def- take... get a Defender 90. Yes. I would take Tesco. <laughs> well, no, you wouldn't. Yeah, it's quality. Quality yeah. quality stuff, man. Um so coming up is um Oh, the Strade Bianchi for women is on the 7th, which is this weekend. Uh, also, Paris starts this weekend. The Tour of Lankawi starts this weekend. And Tirreno Adriatico starts early next week. Did you guys see who the team that's sponsored by Jaguar is sending as the leader to Lankawi? No. Sebastian Enau. Sebastian Enau. Uh, yeah, actually, that's going to be an interesting race. Just, I mean, you know, as an outside race, it's going to be kind of weird. But uh, uh, Petaki is going to be there as well, apparently, with uh, Southeast team or whatever. And there's a lot of, like, smaller teams going. But those races tend to be kind of good. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Sebastian and I was going to be leading. if uh, Esteban Chavez is going for Orica Greenwich, I know he really likes that race and he won a, a stage last year. The two Colombians for United Healthcare are going to be there, uh, Carlos Alzate and Isaac Bolivar. Alzate had a tough year last year. You know, I mean, as a sprinter and an American team, he was doing amazing when it was just crits that he was racing in for Exergy. But he's had a tough time, like, getting past that. But Also, well, Eduard Beltran, the Colombian in Tinkoff. Yeah, who on. was nowhere really last year. Yeah, he kind of disappeared last year. And did then we, he, we did, did we not talk about uh, the Gav Cav situation? Gaviria, yeah, got signed by by Eric Quick Step, and Cav's like, "That's cool. I'm cool with that." I but know, he's kind of like, "No one's allowed to call him Gav." Well, for what I heard, <laughs> for what I heard, and I don't know if this is true or not, but um, it was actually Cavendish's idea after the first day. Cavendish saw, brought it up, and they said, keep an eye on this guy. Uh, let us know if he's the real deal or not. And Cavendish reported to them, yes, he, this guy is the real deal. Um, Please sign him so I do not have to race against him again. Sign him. Well, so, I mean, if you think about it, how old is Cavendish? 27, 28? Yeah, right? some So question. he has maybe three Cavendish? more years of good sprinting. Gaviria is 20. What's interesting is that in the deal they brought in this other guy, um, what is it, Restrepo or something? So it's a twofer, and that other guy doesn't have really great results. Cav is twenty nine. Twenty oh twenty nine. So maybe he has yeah. three more years. By then, Gaviria will be twenty three. So I mean, if you think about it, that's like the Eric Sabol situation where on his way out he kind of brings somebody else in to like you know. I don't know. Uh, I don't think that I don't think that 
Cavendish has anything to be worried about, even if Gaviria would have signed for. I mean, who else could he have signed for, you know? So, I mean, I, I think it's a good thing for ethics. I think that it's a really good thing, a very good opportunity for Gaviria. And it opens the door to the this idea. I mean, Colombia has, you know, I mean, a very good uh, track record, no pun intended, in track. So uh, there's probably a whole bunch of other Gavirias waiting on the proverbial wings. So the other guy that they signed is Rodrigo Contreras. Contreras, yeah. So he was the U23 winner at San Luis. Last year, he was the U23 time trial champion. I just think, based on what he's won, is not why they signed him. No, I have a feeling Gaviria probably told him, I need a lead-out guy, and this is the man, because I've raced in track with him on track for a long, long or time. Or I just need a Colombian guy to hang out with me, because Rigoberto Urán is in Monaco. I really doubt that you'd be like, yeah, I need a Colombian dude to hang out with. I just don't see that being part of a contract. Like to watch TV. No, it happens. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's like the like, Happy Mondays always had that dude just dancing on stage. <laughs> the mighty mighty. <laughs> you need a guy. Also, you need a guy like that, just standing around. The mighty mighty Boston's and the Vale also had a guy, yeah. a cheerleader. So he just needs his personal cheerleader. Contador gets to do that with riders and bike companies that he brings along. <laughs> True. That's when you have that. That's when you know you Remember have power. Puff Daddy used to have a guy that stood by him holding an umbrella too. I can tell you a much better idea than that. I had a photo shoot a long time ago with Mr. Floyd Money Mayweather, and he showed up with a guy whose job was to hold a bowl full of Skittles. And this is not a joke. That's exactly what the guy's job was. He just sat there, stood there. It was like his whole posse and then a dude. They all wore, wore the same clothes. And he was a guy there with a bowl filled with Skittles. And every once in a while... Money Mayweather would be like, hold on, and go over there, take his gloves off, take some Skittles, put the gloves back on, and come back on set. And can you imagine, now he comes out at weigh-ins with Justin Bieber. Yes, there you go. Actually, Justin Bieber is the guy holding his Skittles. Yeah, for real. But I just think Rodrigo Contreras, based, he's an unusual signing to be part of that package deal. And of course, I think uh, Gaviria becoming world champion you know, only made things more obvious. He was already in Europe, so I guess they had some physical testing, looked at their numbers, and they yeah. signed him. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of Colombian cycling also, you know, the um, a lot of people may remember from the mid-80s to mid to mid-90s, there was a Colombian team, Postobon, that had, in the latter days, Luis Herrera was in there, but they were, you know, a, a staple of the Tour de France, you know, 84, 80, 84. 687, 88. Um, anyway, they, they had like these fuchsia, like magenta jerseys with white and stuff, whatever. Well, Posto One is back as a team. They took over the old 24 7 team. I mean, not 24 7. Um, 472. 472, thank you. The old 472 team. Uh, they have dropped one thing down to not even continental, are they? They are technically continental, continental. yeah. They will be pro-continental next year. Uh, See, they're looking at either next year or 2017. It's yeah. not totally clear, but... So there's yeah. a team posted on, and their jerseys are super loud. Like, lamp pink. like lamprey pink, yeah. What do they make? What, are they, what is posted on? Uh, it's a soft drink. A soft drink. Oh. It's a, so, Mike, if I tell you it's a apple-flavored soft drink, what color do you think the drink would be? Gold. Fuchsia. 
Because that's the color of apples. <laughs> that, hey, listen, it was my favorite soda growing up, and I still love them. So Postobon is the name of the soda company. Manzana Postobon is the, is the specific apple one, which is the mm-hmm. one that sponsors the team. And just like everything in Colombia comes from one of two large family-owned companies that owns one half of the country, and they come from one half. Yes, that's basically true. Postobon uh, owns RCN, which is Ardila Lule, which is like the guy that owns half of the country, for real. So yeah, it's a wow, three-year wow. deal, and um, I thought it was cool that at their team presentation, they had a picture of the Champs-Élysées in the background. Yeah, that's where they're going. Interesting. So that's what they're hoping, yeah. That's where they're I mean, going. Can I, get, can I find this beverage in New York City? Yes. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Probably, yeah. Go to any Colombian restaurant. You'll be able to find it there. Yeah, you might even be able to fi- buy it, buy some online if you really wanted to. But um, what's interesting is that in terms of money, the pockets are very deep. And this came about because they closed up the sponsoring of a soccer tournament in Colombia. So the money that is available to them if they're doing well and if the company wants to go for it is – Wait, they don't sponsor the championship anymore? One of the – I don't know if it's the big one or something. But yeah, they yeah. stopped it's, one it, of those sponsors. It, that's, that's another interesting thing. So in England, the, uh, Barclay obviously sponsored, sponsored the Premier League. And then the – wait, the second division is called the Coca-Cola one, I think? I don't, I don't know. know. Don't quote me. I haven't paid attention to British football in a while. But anyway, in Colombia, the first division is called Posto One. And the second division is called Posto One. <laughs> So maybe and then and then the Open Cup, over there, which is uh, I guess what the hell is the Open Cup called in England? Um, whatever, where all the teams are, are are allowed to come in. Shoot, I can't remember what it's called in England. But that one in Colombia is also called Postavon. One of them is called Liga Postavon. The other one is called Copa Postavon. And then the I other think one it's Liga Postavon that they that they lost. The I think so, Postavon. but whatever. So it's one of those that closed up. So they have the money, and the money could grow. So that would be cool. Yeah. Imagine, yeah. Mike, if Team 7-Eleven came back, even in a small way. Oh, By the way, yeah. Postobon tried to sign Andy Hampstead. Get out. Yeah. Oh, back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. you meant now. This team was like, what? <laughs> Why not? Andy could make a comeback. Uh, he probably, he's kids probably were, better The old shape. kids are cool. The new kids are nuts. And yeah, it's a whole kids. lot of pink. I'm gonna yeah, tell it's you a lot something. of pink. I'm going to tell you something. Andy Hampstead looks younger than Ian Standard. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, on a, on a college campus, I would look at both of them and I'd be like, oh, here's a PhD student and here's a professor. <laughs> That's what I would think. I'd be like, Ian Standard is teaching uh, quantum mechanics. I think I told you guys that when I was watching uh, Slaying the Badger on ESPN, my wife came into the room and was just kind of looking at the screen for a while. And she said, wait. That guy raced with those guys. They're in the same age group and referenced Andy Hampson looking young. So yeah. yeah, he could come back. He looks younger than Chris Horner. That's Definitely. for sure. Hey, well, dude. Everyone looks younger than Chris Horner. Uh, we're running out of – actually, we already ran out of time. But since – because we haven't recorded in a while, I don't care. Let's make a long episode anyway as long as you guys don't mind. But um, you guys want to talk about Astana? And what happened and personal feelings and predictions for the future? Do you uh, want me to run down over what happened and kind of how it happened? No, I mean... I mean, so everybody... We knew, we knew this was going to happen, right? 
I knew that they were gonna. I knew that something was gonna happen. I didn't know if the I didn't know that the recommendation was gonna come down to cancel their their license. I didn't. I didn't really think it was gonna be that strong. Now the UCI has two choices. They can either say, "Absolutely yes, you're right," and and you, you know the people that did that, that did all the study and stuff. I, I don't know what they heard, ISIS or whatever. <laughs> They're called like ISSW955, that university or whatever. In Lucerne. In Lucerne. Um, I call it ISIS. But anyway, they. <laughs> That's what Vinokurov is calling them. Yeah. They, so they make the recommendation. Now, the UCI can say, yes, we agree, Astana, you're bye bye. Or they can say, no, we're gonna keep Astana and and ABC. We're gonna do this and this and this, or we're gonna. One of them was the possibility of them going pro continental. Well, if they get their 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 pro tour license revoked, they could apply to be continental. But then the UCI can say, "Well, it's too late for that, so you're gonna have to go and race in Kazakhstan until we're it's, done." It's a staring contest because. That's the Tour de France champion. Well, so Brian Cookson is faced with a toughie. No, here's the other thing too, though. If the UCI says, okay, you're out, then Astana can come back, talk about deep pockets and plenty of lawyers, and be like, no, because of blah, 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 blah. And until well, yeah. there is a ruling by the CAS, then... Yeah, that's the thing. It could get held up could, forever. Yeah, exactly. You could go for another year, and then Astana can just apply for the license again, and then nothing happens. Basically, Astana continues to be. Besides that, and probably more importantly than that, is let's say that the UCI says, no, your Pro Tour license is revoked. Astana says, oh, that sucks. Let's try to appeal. They lose the appeal. The Tour de France can still invite Astana as a guest. As can the Giro or any other race, kind well, of what happened they, with Katusha. Nibali, for sure, yeah. Exactly, but if you're Nibali, though, if this happens, you're automatically uh, off your contract. You can you can walk away in your contract if you want, automatically, because you signed with a Pro Tour team. The moment that it's not a Pro Tour team anymore, then you're you're free from your contract. And where would he go, Lamprey? I guess. Oh my I don't god! Know. I mean, what team? At this point, what team has the room, the budget, to do it? Nobody. Uh, Air, Air Bob, Gas. Or Bob's whatever. Mountain Company. Yeah, Bob's Mountain Company could use, because uh, what, what, who do they have? They Americans. Brand, brand name guy. Yeah. And they they need someone to be in the signature break. Or maybe air gas or whatever, because they could. Isn't that like liquid gas? Like maybe they could tell them an Italian team and make them sign. <laughs> I don't know. Safe space, air gas, whatever it's called. It is very interesting. The only thing that I have to say about this is, it would be a. This is a great opportunity for the UCI to set a precedent and to actually look like the tough guys that they are pretending to be, especially in the last. I don't know, two years. They've been talking a big game about like, whoa, we're not going to put up with this anymore and it's a new era and blah, blah, blah. 
Okay. Well, I guess it depends how detailed the report is and if they feel like the information in the report non-reversible mm. in cast. It sounds like it's pretty bad. Yeah, see, that's why I wonder. Like, is it just the stuff we know? Because that's already pretty bad. Because <laughs> did you hear who's involved with that team? Vinokuro. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if you paid attention to this, but is uh, Alexander Vinokurov is involved. Has anybody noticed? That's I mean, I go back and forth on that. It's like, it, does it make it easier that, that Vinokurov is, you know, cast as such a villain and has always been kind of like the villain role? Or does it make it harder because I totally he's fucking that. a hard ass and he has a ton of money? But also he's a known value. Imagine if all of a sudden the report came out and it was like this guy, we just went back and looked at old samples. He tested positive twice. We have emails of him buying a race with very, you know, set examples and like for whatever five people in the teams that he manages last year tested positive. Like if all of that came out at once, you it would be like getting kicked in the balls real hard. But but this it's like getting tickled in the balls with a feather. For a long. Because we already know. Yeah. So that's why I wonder what else is in there. ISIS won't let us see the report. ISIS. ISIS. Terrorists. We can't let terrorists win. Yeah, that's the thing. And and on top of that, he wears aqua Kengel hats. Which are actually pretty sweet. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, it's um it's interesting, but I just I, I really wanna see what the UCI does with this. I don't want this to go away. I don't want this to uh be swept under the rug, of course, but I also don't want this to like go on and on and on and on and on and not fight. Because, I mean, because first of all, as an outsider, I want to know what's going on. I love the gossip. But also, if you think about it, I mean, not only Vincenzo Nibali, but imagine everybody else in that team that is supposedly clean. They're like sitting around like, oh, what the hell's going to happen? I don't even know who, if I'm going to have a team by the Giro d'Italia, Wait. much less the tour. Am I going to do, you know? Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's tough. Who else does Astana have? I don't even know their roster. Can only think of Vincenzo Nibali, but it's it's. Oh wait, didn't they just Aru? Oh, Fabio Aru. Um, wow. Didn't they have like some pretty big signings? Uh, towards the end yeah, of the year? all in support of of him. Yeah. Uh, and what's his name? Uh, Fugel Sang. Oh yeah. Well, Mr. Plucky Eyebrows. Um. Oh, by the way. So, you know, the Tour of California decided not to invite Chris Horner. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Which is But hilarious. you know what, what the big showdown, Mike, so, you know, people are talking about the Tour de France, Horner, Quintana, oh, it's going to be the big showdown. You know Horner? where the real showdown is going to be? I think you meant Contador, not Horner. Contador, yeah. yeah. Mike, the biggest cycling showdown this year is going to happen in Colombia. Chris Horner is going to take on Oscar Sevilla to see who can win the Vuelta Colombia. Get out. Oh. They want to invite that team. Really? Yes, and Oscar Sevilla is like a top contender. Well, Horner's Oscar. like, is there a McDonald's there? I'm totally there. <laughs> yes. There is. There is a McDonald's yeah. there. More than one. Yeah. Dude, just think about that. Do you know what there's in Colombia, which I, in Bogota at least, and it's probably one in Medellin too, is those McDonald's that are like sit-down restaurants? Like kind of nicer? Yeah, with, with a waiter and stuff. And the burgers don't come wrapped in a piece of paper. It's interesting. You'd be all over that. 
Yep. Yep. As he takes That's on Sevilla for world dominance of cycling. <laughs> of old people cycling. Wow. Oh, Horner's going to love so many aspects of Colombian cycling. It's going to be awesome. Like the fact that you can buy EPO in the street? I'm just saying he's going to love <laughs> a lot of aspects of Colombian cycling. <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. Okay, I think we've said it all. Um, SpeedMetalCycling.com is the website, but for the show notes for this episode, at least, GageDeSoto.com. Um, Klaus, anything you want to plug? Uh, no, I mean, I guess if you go to my website, AlpsAndes.com, uh, last week I had a good interview with Juan Pablo Villegas who's racing with uh, Team Smart Stop uh, read it it's good I think you'll like it yes I agree I think you should read it it is pretty good very eye opening and uh, Mike anything you want to plug uh, if you're in New York City come to the Rafa Cycle Club and watch some races with us absolutely fun. do so and ask uh, Mr. Spriggs for an autograph he's always has to <laughs> yeah. do, uh, post for <laughs> photographs and race, and sign autographs that's what that's what Mike is there for, basically. His job as the manager of the Rafa Cycle Club is only secondary to his job as an ambassador of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast. Correct. He's there Correct. for he's there for photographs and there for autographs. So swing by. Um, we don't know when exactly we're gonna be back. Maybe at some point during Pyrenees. Maybe after Pyrenees is done with in the middle of the month. Maybe I don't know. I'm we're gonna be confused about which race is which. We love talking about which race is which, and we never remember which one is which because they're all going at the same time. I'm gonna try to pay <laughs> attention to the Tour of Langkawi. Somebody just dropped a pan, and uh, on that note, we're out of here. Peace. <laughs> Kule, 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 pe kule, 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 k